With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The new way I'm going to look at the Steelers' opponent for the upcoming week is can they get dragged into the mud, can they make this game look ugly against this team, or can they not? Mm. Jacksonville's DNA is of the Chiefs. It's of the Dolphins. They want to score points, right? Mm -hmm. They want to be an offensive football team. That's how most teams are. But I don't think the Jags are quite... There, yeah, no, they yet. haven't been as finely tuned as Kansas City, and they're not right on the precipice of it like Miami is. I do think you can actually make this a rock fight. And I was driving in here this morning to do this award-winning program of ours, mm-hmm. and was listening to some lesser lights on the Pittsburgh oh. airwaves out there. Okay, um, but they were saying, can the Jags keep up with the Steelers, or vice versa? Can the Steel? Everybody can keep up with the Steelers. Can the right. Steelers keep up with the Jags? Optimism was flowing. The offense is starting to turn the corner. 24 points last week. Could they have scored 30 last week? Maybe. They had chances. George Pickens' blindside block. If that doesn't happen, they're first and goal with the eight right there. So maybe they could score 30. Maybe they are right on the edge of finally turning it on. But they said 27 points is what you need to get to win this game. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I think the Jags can be taken down to your level. I think that you can mess with Trevor Lawrence. I think that you can – he has three interceptions this year, but you can turn him over still. I I don't view him yet as this incredible Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers type player that will go 500 straight pass attempts without throwing an interception. It's doable for the Steelers to win this game the way that they win the games, where it's torture for three quarters. I mean – we're watching this game and we're thinking this is an affront to the sport of football. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth quarter, if it's a one-score game, if they're up by three, down by three, any sort of way you want to slice it, they'll end up finishing the game and they'll end up winning. Because the one thing that these Steelers are for sure good at, and this is so key in the NFL, I mean, every score, like they call it a witching hour for a reason, Jacob. Every game pretty much comes down to one score at the end. Right. For the most part. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers just have had this knack lately of winning those one-score games. And, you know, you don't think that's sustainable, of course. Look at the Vikings last year. They won a ton of one-score games. And now look I think this they've year, lost they every single games. one of them, right? But there is something about this team, Tomlin, having them in the mindset that when that fourth quarter comes, when a lot of teams shrink, including teams that have the lead at that time, the Steelers grow. They get bigger. Their chest gets puffed out even further. That's very, very valuable in a mm-hmm. league where 15, 14 of your 17 games are going to come down to one score. Yeah, it's it's extremely valuable, and you really can't make sense of it either because how is it possible that for that last fourth quarter or that last fourth quarter game-winning drive is Kenny Pickett and that Steelers offense so in sync so on point, so efficient, 
but only in that tight window, right? How is it possible that what they produce outside of that fourth quarter or outside of that game-winning drive is so inept-looking and so inefficient with the ball and so inefficient with the clock? How is it possible that the Steelers managed to keep it within a one-score game? That's why it's so hard to believe because they show such ineptitude for 45, 50, even 55 minutes of an entire game, and somehow they're still within a score to beat the other team. That's, I think, the harder part to wrap your head around is not the fact that they are so good in one-score games and they're and Kenny Pickett specifically is so good in those one-score games, but all those games come down to one score when they're playing so poorly. I don't know how they manage to bring talented teams down to their level and force them to scrape and claw, kind of like how the Steelers do all game long. It makes very little sense to me, but what matters most is winning, and what you've seen out of Kenny Pickett you got to feel, I guess, a little positive about because he's shown you he's a winner, right? It's not like there's all these back and forth. It's kind of like he's not – It's I honestly, you know, Kirk Cousins is a great person to kind of analyze because he's extremely talented with the football. He obviously puts up big number numbers, but he can't win games when they're close or when they matter most in the playoffs. Whereas Kenny Pickett isn't that flashy guy, isn't putting up those big numbers, but he wins football games, and he wins them in weighty moments to steal a a classic Mike Tomlin quote. I don't know how he does it, Tom, because of what you see out of him for the first 45 or 50 or 55 minutes of a football game any given Sunday. And I'm kind of with you. After watching the Steelers keep things close against the Rams, I think they can do it again against the Jaguars this Sunday. Well, I think you're going to know if the game is winnable for the Steelers or not within the first 15 minutes. Oh, play. see, I disagree. After that first quarter. I really? Because dis- if the Jags go up two scores, I think well, it's that's, over. Okay, well, there you go. Well, that's if, the If the kicker. Jags blow out the Steelers, two losses this year, they've been boat raced. Mm-hmm. I know the Texans game, you had a chance to get back in it later, but, but you were boat raced in that game. And that's bad. why I'm saying like after the first quarter... If you know we go to the break and it's three nothing Jacksonville, I'm like, oh baby, I'm feeling kind of good. Right where you want, yeah, them. I'm feeling pretty good. But if it's seventeen to three, yeah, you're if right. It's Fourteen you're nothing, right. then you really start to get nervous. I mean, the offensive coordinator himself said that they're not built to come from behind. So he said, hey, it's a little out of context. No, he said it he was, was in context. Come on, I think he didn't. He okay. mean that it was about that San Francisco game specifically. They weren't mil- whatever he said. Yeah. I'm not gonna call Spiroditi's a liar. I yeah. don't think that he just made that up or misheard him in a production meeting. Those. Those play-by-play and color commentators are listening like mm-hmm. hawks at everything they say. Uh, they don't want to sound stupid on the broadcast. So, no. I mean, look, you got a little comfortable. You, you kicked your feet back a little bit, and you said something that you shouldn't have said. But it's also true. I mean, they aren't built. No, that we have they not have to be within a score. They have to be up in order to be successful. All of those fourth-quarter comebacks and game-winning drives we've seen out of Kenny Pickett, they, they haven't been... 14 point deficits or 20 point deficits. They've been very <laughs> they've been very close. As, as we laid out, those fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives are a result of or result in a one possession score win for the Steelers. You know, they're not coming back from these huge deficits. So, I'm right there with you. I 
I guess I overestimated it a bit by saying I I think you can maybe wait a little bit deeper into the into the game because when you said, you know, if Jacksonville jumps out to that 17-3 first quarter lead, I'm with you. Game over. I don't see the Steelers coming back. However, if the Steelers go the first three quarters and it's somehow like 10 to 6, right? Or 13 to 6 in favor of Jacksonville. Live bet the Steelers. I'm not ready to give up on the Steelers because even if they've gone three quarters putting up six points and have 115 yards on the day through three quarters, I'm still not ready to give up on that team. One thing that does worry me, though, is as part of dragging these teams down to your level, getting them in the mud, you let them beat themselves. That's it's it's not so much you're you're giving credit for the win. It's kind of just like NFL teams make mistakes in the mm-hmm. in the win and you're kind moments. Of, you're kind of banking on them to make, make less those mistakes, mistakes than right? You are, and that's their mo. They um, don't make mistakes, and they force those mistakes. Who the Jags? Jacksonville? That's yeah, right. Jacksonville. Like, so that's going to be tough about you know having this work out for you. Uh, I just don't know if the Jags are going to be that type of team that beats themselves that helps the Steelers mm-hmm. out um, in the third in the fourth quarter. Lawrence only has three interceptions on the year, yeah, and they have 16 total takeaways as a team, nine of them interceptions, seven fumble recoveries. So they take the ball away from you, and they protect the football, kind of the same formula of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if this is just a really bad matchup for the Steelers in that sense, but maybe I'm guilty of just that logo on the side of the helmet and just the stigma that goes with it for my almost entire life being an NFL fan. But I just don't believe in the Jags being that team that's just going to play mistake-free football and just grind the Steelers into a pulp and win like 30-10. to 10. I didn't think Houston was going to be that team either, and Jacksonville's a much better team than Houston is. So yes, uh, this game at home, not in Houston, I think that helps the Steelers out a For lot. For sure, even though Jacksonville has never had a trouble winning no, in Pittsburgh. They're undefeated on the never had trouble winning in Pittsburgh, and they're undefeated on the road this year as right. well. They're 3-0 so far. Man, I, I just am. I'm. This is purple Kool Aid in my cup right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking it again, dude. Like I think the team I is know. feeling themselves after those two big wins. Ravens before the bye week, out of the bye week, you go on the West Coast, you struggle on the West Coast a lot, and you beat the Rams, a team that's got playoff chances. Mm-hmm. Like they're not and a, got a, a got a high powered offense that can really could have kicked your ass early on. Yeah, and basically you said, Cup Donald. Not going to hurt us. Nakua, go crazy. You can combine for 120 yards on the ground between your two running backs, whatever. As long as Cup and Donald don't hurt us, we win. And we won. So this team, I feel like, has so much momentum leading into this game. And now they're at home for a three-game homestand. Uh, I think the crowd is just going to be absolutely out of their gourd for this game. Um, There's just a lot. Because you're looking at the team, and... I'm trying to put myself into the the average fan's body here. Okay. Maybe they're not that great on paper. Maybe they don't, you know, put up a ton of yardage. Maybe they get outgained in every single game, but they're four and two, and I'm drinking beers in the parking lot, <laughs> and my team's four and two, and I'm going up against a five and two potential playoff matchup against Jacksonville. I'm gonna be going crazy yeah. in that stadium. So and and the people I there on the fan- North Shore know the history of the Steelers in Jacksonville, the recent yes, history. Yes, and as for down sure. as people were after the Niners game, and you know, wondering, oh, what's gonna happen with it? like? I bet you they come into this stadium on Sunday, 
reborn because of this four and two record and the prospects of you know, winning the next the three straight games. They did the same thing though against Cleveland, and the offense laid a dud. It was all T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith who who got that win for the Steelers, and the Steelers fans did the same thing against the Ravens. Right? How do you not get mentally prepared for the Ravens as a Steelers fan? And what happened, Tom? You saw nothing until that last drive. That resulted in the George Pickens touchdown with great separation on his part. But the stadium the Steelers... was dying on that Ravens game until Ogan Joby's fumble. Like there was just it was getting real, real. You're right. In there. But there were still, even though the crowd was into it, and people want to say, "Oh, Renegade led to that Miles Killebrew blocked punt." I'd say that was the turning point of the game because Larry O kind of came in the what was it in the second quarter. I believe, and yeah, it was preventing the Ravens because that was a uh, that was a first down run by I believe Justice Hill. So the Ravens could have been driving to to add to their lead, but I think the real turning point was that Miles Killebrew block punt. But still, even then, Tom, the Steelers were not able to really put up the points provided the ta- the turnovers that the the defense provided them. It really only came at the end of the game when George Pickens got that touchdown. Despite how fired up that crowd was, I, I agree with you. I think the Steelers fans are going to come ready. It's going to be a raucous crowd. I just don't. The thing I'm not going to do, right? I, I'm i going to say if it's a tight game in the first quarter, going into halftime, I'd say do not count out the Steelers. If it's a one-possession game with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the lead, going into the fourth quarter, I'd say make that live bet that you said. Bet the Steelers to win that game. But what I'm not going to do is sit here and, pre- and predict a score of 28 to 20 Steelers. Because where the hell are those 28 points coming from? The defense? I guess. Look, if they win games this year. I uh, mean, how crazy would it have been if TJ, we know he had the uh, scoop and score against the Browns, but he had two more chances this year to have three touchdowns total, one against the Ravens. If he just stiff armed Lamar Jackson into oblivion, he would have gone into the end zone. And if he had maybe, because he doesn't always have that opportunity to pick up a score or intercept the ball and have the vision of like a running back, had he had a little bit better vision on the the Rams interception against Matt Stafford, I bet you he gets into the end zone. He got down what to like the five yard line. The guy had three chances to get into the end zone this year. Legitimate shots. He got in once. I just don't like you said. I don't want to bank on a pick six or a scoop and score by the defense because that's banking on a Jaguars team to make a mistake that they don't typically make this season. So I, I can't... But you don't win unless you get a play like that on the defense this year. Like you, exactly. You don't win games. The Raiders game, three interceptions. Mm-hmm. The Browns game, the scoop and score. The Ravens game, the strip sack to end it, and, and a bunch of great defensive a, a plays. Huge, you know, a huge fumble. defensive game. From uh, the Rams Steelers game, Watts interception. I mean, they, they have to get a play like that from their defense to win, so... As part of my predictions are concerned, they got to do that against. There has to be a big right. game. Absolutely, play there has right. to be. But so if I'm the Jags, I'm just like, if I avoid the big play, if I avoid the momentum changer, we can cruise to this victory. How many big plays though did you see? I I know you're saying there were a lot of big plays like that against the Ravens, right? There was the Larry Ogan Joby fumble. There was the the Joey Porter Jr. end zone interception. Yeah. There was the Miles Killebrew block punt. There was the TJ Watt strip sack and then and then or Alex Highsmith strip, strip sack, sack and then TJ yeah. picked it up. How many points did that result in, Tom? Hmm. Not he many. Punted right after the fumble when the Ravens went down and kicked a field goal. Or excuse me, no. I'm looking at it from reverse. So the Ogan Joby fumble led to a field goal. 
that's three points. Okay. The safety led to a field two goal. Two points, right? We know. That's six points. Well, it's two points for the safety, and then they got a field goal on the next drive, so that's five points, really. Okay. So we're up to eight uh, points total. Joey Porter Jr. interception led to a touchdown. So it looks like a lot okay. of points happen off of these turnovers, Mr. Jacob. And then that fumble from Hodgsmith and Watt led to a field goal to go up 17. Wow, how about so that? They scored after every turnover, so you're wrong. They did. But they're not scoring touchdown, touchdown, touchdowns, touchdowns. There's going one touchdown. That's how and you adapt your take to make it sound right, even though you were just dead wrong. You, you. That's how I'm doing it right now. But that's the type of team they are, right? They, they can't the bank field. on four turnovers and one touchdown. They can't. You say they can't bank on it, but they kind of. They have. have they have. That's their. You're that's right. Their, that's what they do bank on, and that's why everybody I think has the questions of sustainability when it comes to how this team plays and how they win games. And I don't believe that it's sustainable, but every single week they go out there and kind of prove you wrong. And I'm very interested to see if they'll do that this week. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. One way that the Jags can avoid the big plays, though, whether it be a strip sack, big interception from the secondary, there's something about Minka in this game. Mm. I feel like that might be. Tom, I'd love to see that. It might be a big Minka play. But one way you can avoid that is the person that's the scariest, the person that puts the most fear in my heart, the total nightmare fuel. Scary, scary, scary stuff. That's Travis Etienne. Mm -hmm. He's my nightmare fuel. And it's fitting. It's Halloween. I know. Halloween. How about that? Halloween. Ben for Halloween. It's going to be You are. For the yeah, pick game. Yep. Wow. Should I dress go- up? Should I be like a banana? I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to dress up as Kenny Pickett in my pit jersey. That's what I'm going to dress up as. Fake slide into or that. Slide right into yeah. my seat at section 117 yeah. up at the top of, uh, of Notre Dame Stadium. But ETN, uh, 500 yards on the ground this year. I said yesterday on our show, Wednesday, whatever. I don't remember what day it is. McCaffrey's got first team all pro pretty much locked up mm-hmm. for running backs. A-Chain, Milstert, Swift, ATN. I mean, there's a lot of guys you throw in there for that second team nod, and he's one of yeah. them. 197 yards out of the backfield in the passing game as well, so he is a threat there. And the Steelers want to turn you over. They want you to make the big mistake. Your odds of making that big mistake go down drastically if you keep the ball on the ground and if you run the ball successfully. Steelers' defense has been very bad at stopping the run this year, mm-hmm. and ETN is one of the better running backs that they're going to face. Um, I like the guy, really high on him, and I get the cold sweats when I think about him because he's total nightmare fuel. 
you agree with me on that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's right now their biggest offensive weapon. Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley are really good one to punch. Ridley's been super quiet since week Rid- one. Ridley's been very up and down since week one. He's had like decent games, but he didn't last week. He had like one catch. He's not been for, like good. five Se- yards. Week two to week seven, he's averaging like forty-four yards a game. So like he's not a threat. But do you remember two years ago when Christian Kirk signed that contract with the Jags and we were all like, wow, they overpaid for Christian Kirk. And then he had a really good season last year. Now yeah, he's almost at 500 yards. Like, mm-hmm. It's kind of a good it, – it start. he's playing itself into being like, wow, it got a little bargain for yeah. Christian Kirk now. When no, you look that's, at the rest why, of the that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, There's no great receiver on that team, but they have really a solid top two with Calvin Ridley and, and – and, uh, Christian Kirk. And, you know, I think the Jags last year down the stretch were really successful when Lawrence kind of locked in on Ingram. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for that to kind of start to come to He's still, I mean, he's year. for a tight end. Yeah, he's the third leading receiver on yeah. the team. Does, hasn't found the end zone yet, but still having a decent they're season. A th- they're, they're a three-option team when it comes to the passing game. It's those two receivers in Ingram, and then your fourth is Etienne out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, it's a— Etienne is essentially 200 yards on the earth— through the air, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's got like almost seven hundred yards, yards total yeah. for the season so mm-hmm. far. Maybe you know Zay Jones will will factor in every once in a mm-hmm. while. But I, I, I'm looking at like other than those three guys in ETN, like their next best guy is like nine catches on the season. So like, right. there's really just four defined threats when it comes to the passing game. And but you have to also remember too Trevor Lawrence's ability to, to run the run. ball. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's scary too. That's can that be that's my be nightmare, nightmare fuel, fuel for the week? Oh. <laughs> it is a, a scary thought. I, I was saying this to Matt, and you probably remember this too, being a, a college football fan. Mm-hmm. Take you back a few years ago when um, I forget it was Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, whatever. It was the the semifinal playoff game. It was Ohio State versus Clemson. Oh, okay. And Clemson's kind of spinning their tires. They're not doing much offensively. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a, I'm at Mario's, I think, in Shady Side watching the game. And Lawrence takes off to run, and he's going down the sidelines. And there's an Ohio State safety mm-hmm. who's going to be in the NFL. I can't remember who it was, but he's in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Takes the angle on him. And it was the wrong angle. Uh-huh, and he right. knew almost immediately. And he was like, oh, bleep. And he like had to. And I'm Adju- sitting there and I'm like, adjust, yeah. this quarterback is outrunning the A Ohio State starting safety. He's Tyreek Hill peace signing. He didn't do that, but he's mm-hmm. peace signing him up the sidelines. And I said to myself, I knew Lawrence was capable of breaking the pocket and, and making things happen with his legs. But that's that's like, it's a legit weapon. And not just I use this when I need to. It's I use this when I want to, and it's very effective. Lamar is the king when it comes to running quarterbacks in the NFL. Not just currently. Historically, he is the best we have ever seen at the position. Then you probably put Josh Allen up there, right, as, as the number mm-hmm. two right now, as far as current guys who have a threat with their legs. Is it that far-fetched for me to say that Lawrence is Oof. three? Hertz doesn't run that much. Hertz is incredibly effective when he does. You want to put Hertz at three? I'm not going to push you. But can you put Lawrence any further down than four? Hmm. I guess not. I mean, there's because there's not other think about options. How effective he is at right. Exactly. Too. I don't think you can. I mean, there there will be guys maybe that are a little bit younger that can like Burrow could do can it. break out and get a couple yards. But he's not as speedy. You remember a couple years ago when the Seahawks would just spread the middle of the field and Herbert would just like run forward for like five, six mm-hmm. yards every time, slide and say thank you very much? Guys can do that. 
Herbert ain't running down the sidelines against the Ohio State starting mm-hmm. safety and beating him to the end zone. So I think that that's a part of the game that gets underrated for Trevor Lawrence because the arm is right. so great. And, you know, he was a golden goose prospect. He's, he's Williamson put it, first round pick no matter what year he comes out. He, he's that kind of a, a blue chip prospect. Uh, people, you know, talking about Caleb Williams like that this year. I don't think so. Like I, I remember Trevor Lawrence being even more so than Caleb Williams, as far as like, sure nailed on. You can't be wrong with this guy. Like Lawrence was kind of that new luck Manning, mm-hmm. the guy that everybody knew you were gonna hit on when you drafted him, and looked a little sketchy after the first season because of Urban. But it's exactly what you expected from him now after the last two seasons, second season and now this season. He looks like the number one overall pick. Um, but that that kind of Sneaky ability to get the job done with his legs. He's like 200 yards rushing on the ground this year. That is an absolute factor in this game, something the Steelers have to be well aware of because he'll take it if the defense gives it to him. And even if the defense isn't giving it to him, he he scrambles on like eight or 8.2% of his dropbacks. He, he has a scramble on it and tries to break the pocket and, and improvise and get things done with his legs. So I think that's a really good call. That's a really, really tough aspect that makes Lawrence just that much better so, than a quarterback. Yeah. So One guy to think of, though, against. that may be better runner is Daniel Jones. Maybe. Yeah, but maybe. he's but Lawrence so... Is such a better quarterback. Yeah, right? exactly. You can't compare. I, I understand what you're trying to say. Just pure and running, remember yeah. he had that big run. I forget who was again. He tripped. Tripped. That was the Eagles, <laughs> I think, wasn't it? I don't know. Just, that's just Daniel Jones to a team. I don't right? think Lawrence is going to trip in the open field like that. Mm-hmm. I don't see the athlete. And my that. worry about playing this Jaguars team also is, in the past when the Steelers have struggled against the Jaguars, it's been against guys like Blake Bortles, right? Now you're going up against Trevor Lawrence. You're not going up against the rookie Trevor Lawrence. You're going up against an established Trevor Lawrence. The kid's got a playoff win under his belt. Like you said, he's learned to take his college game this isn't the rookie that you saw that was struggling to start his career and people were guessing, oh, is he going to end up being one of those really bad busts that were taken number one overall that everyone thought was the sure thing? No, he's clearly a legitimate NFL quarterback that not only can attack you through the air but through the ground too. <clears throat> I'm there, like The Steelers have struggled. I, I can't emphasize enough the history between these two teams, how much the Steelers have struggled. They've 27 lesser... times total. Jacksonville has 14 wins. Steelers have 13 yeah. wins. Steelers have won the last two ones. So it was 14-11 to 11 before the last two games. I'm trying to remember, what was one of them the the, the COVID year? The 11-0 start. Where Ben threw like... Very, very... He had like the game-winning rush in. Do you remember that? That was the one before. Oh, that the was the, that one. was 2018, yeah, right? Yeah, that was before the COVID So what was 2020? 2020, it was... They were... The Steelers were in the midst of their 11-0 run to start that season. Yeah. And it was way closer than the game was supposed to be. Like, way closer. The Steelers should have... I can't remember who the quarterback was for the Jags off the top of my head. Mike Glennon was the backup. Oh, man. Um, It, it, it was... It, look up who the quarterback was in that 2020. I'm about round. to, yeah. Box score. It was disgusting. Uh, I think Minka had a big play in that game. Or no, you know who had a couple picks? Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds. Oh, had a you're picks right. In that it game. was twenty-seven to three final, right, but, but it was wasn't. Early. It wasn't like a blowout win like the whole way. Wow, you are not. You are never gonna guess this guy's name. No, because Tim brought him up on Wednesday's show, and I just yeah. Can't remember his but name. it was like leading up to that week, everyone was like, "How are you gonna lose to this guy?" 
Jake Luton. Jake Luton. It was like his right. first ever start or something. Yeah, that's right. First and only. And the Maybe. game was closer than it should have been. Yeah, it was 27-3, uh, to three, but it wasn't like a dominant yeah. win. So they've got a two-game winning streak against the Jags, both games in Jacksonville, and they've cut that <laughs> series lead down to just one for the Jags. Um, the, the, the thing that jumps out at you, though, when you look at the series history, is the two times they've met in the playoffs have both been at Akershire Stadium. It was then called Heinz Field. And both times the Jags won. Mm. David Garrard scramble. How uh, could we forget that? On fourth down. On fourth down. I couldn't. I still like see that in my head. Was, I was that at was that Thomas game. First year. I was. I remember. I was. I was at that game. I see Upper that Bowl. play. I can't believe he got that. It was what fourth and like ten. Fourth and like eight. I it thought was, it was like it fourth was, and five or it something. It was a lengthy like fourth yeah. down and. He just picked it up, and that was all she wrote. And then we all remember Blake Bortles and that disaster where the Steelers kind of beat themselves early in that game and then tried to furiously come back, but it was too little too late. It was way too late. This is a bogey team. It is a team that makes you feel a little uncomfortable when you play them, and now they're a bogey team that's good. Like, they're, mm-hmm. like I know that Bortles team, we like to joke because he was a bad quarterback, but that defense was the best in football that year. This team is good. They are a, a legit contender in the AFC. So you've got the bogey thing going for you and the fact that it's an actual good football team coming into your stadium on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It makes you nervous. You should have a pit in your stomach if you're a Steeler fan before this game, especially because of how big it is to get off on a good foot when this first in this three-game homestand right now. Like if you get this win under your belt against Jacksonville, you're really starting to lick your chops for Titans and Packers. Definitely. If you can get this one, because you look at the Titans and Packers as such inferior Who knows who's going to be on Tennessee by the time that game starts? Right. Trade deadlines on Halloween right. next Tuesday. They already sold Bayard. There's rumors that Henry's going to go. D-Hop Andre also. Hopkins has rumors Most that likely go. D-Hop's going to go. So you're going to be playing a very, very, very ragtag group, and maybe even Malik Willis starting at yeah. quarterback with that ragtag that. group. That's and typical Tomlin. Is you know that not when the trouble starts, though, for the Steelers? <laughs> exactly. You know, they go out and they beat the Jaguars this week, and then it's Malik Willis starting without Derrick Henry, Henry, without or Kevin Byard in, in the secondary, without D-Hop. Terrell Edmonds pick six. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Terrell Edmonds a revenge game, potentially. Terrell Edmonds revenge game, and that should make people really scared. The, yeah, that'll you, be really scary. Have you seen the rumor destination for Henry? No. Baltimore. That would be bad. I'd, that'd be oh, very bad. That'd be so bad. Our only saving grace is he might get hurt just because of the Ravens' way. You put on that that bird head on the side of your helmet, and maybe the turf monster reaches up. It and makes so your, much your sense. ACL. J.K. Dobbins is not reliable anymore. Stay if, healthy. If they think they can win a Super Bowl this year, you got to get Henry. I'd trade a first round pick for him. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you need to though with his current age and where he's at. Maybe no, a, he's maybe so a second good. round pick you can get. This away is like with the it. only year. That he's really struggled, but it could just be because Tennessee is so bad. I know the Ravens moved capital like that last could be, year. That though. could be that could be a Christian McCaffrey esque. It could be, but do you think the fact that they moved capital last year for Woquan might give them a little bit of cold feet? Like, oh, we just Maybe. made this kind of move. I don't know, but I think they're good enough to do a move like this. Like, yeah. they, the Steelers and the Sertain rumors. I think Sertain's an amazing player. I just think you need the draft picks right now if you're the Steelers. You're, you're not. You you're not there build, yet. You're building, not there for that right? last push. The Ravens, the Ravens might be, and this might be that last push. I pray to God that he's a Titan after Halloween, or just not a Raven, or like a Packer, or yeah. somewhere else. Like, yeah, go to L.A., play for the uh-huh. Rams, or something like that. 
But I'm nervous about the Ravens rumors. That's if he goes to Baltimore, that team will definitely jump. Their odds, let's say, will boost. Oh, for Super incredible! Bowl. And if Lamar somehow stays healthy, I, they'd have to be maybe your favorite out of the AFC. They, they just might be because with Lamar healthy and Derrick Henry running the football, not having that's to have the best Lamar offense. The in the, that much, that's yeah. the best offense in the AFC up there with Miami, is it not? When you factor in how good Lamar is throwing the ball this year, seventy percent completion percentage. I mean, they easily jump Buffalo and Cincinnati, and Miami. Miami, just because you don't know those two offenses, which one could be better. Right. And then Kansas City is still but I the, think, the bar the, the bar to beat, right? But I'd still give the Ravens a good chance oh in that God. game. I mean, for sure they enter, they'd, they'd be floating around top five, top six in that conference. They'd jump to number three, minimum. Minimum. If they get that trade, yeah. They might be number three minimum even without that trade. But if yeah. they get that trade. That's how good they are right now. Yeah. That, that's a great point by you saying... For the Steelers to go after Pat Sertain, it doesn't take them from a top six to a top three. Or maybe you could even say they're a top three to, to move it to the top you one. You could argue that, you know, Sertain's 23, you sign him to a long-term deal, and then all of a sudden you've got your Porter and Sertain tandem forever. And Minka. And Minka. But that's just a I mean, that's, that's, that's what just people are saying about— Sertain's more expensive than Henry, too, for sure. He's 23 years old, yeah. and he was on first-team All-Pro, and he plays a position that's more valuable than the running back. Position in the NFL. any any position at this point <laughs> That's a good is more point. valuable, a cornerback especially. But a lot of people, the ones who have been entertaining this Pat Sertain trade, are the ones who are saying, if you did it with Minka, and you were happy to go out and get it, get a guy like Minka, you knew was good, you or you knew it was great. It's the same thing. Like, why not risk it in the draft when your recent history of drafting in that secondary has not been stellar? Right now, it looks like Joey Porter Jr. is working out for you, but Terrell Edmonds, already out the team. Sean Davis, already Burns, off the team. I mean, the track record is there for drafting in the secondary for the Steelers in the past decade or so. It's not up to bar, up to par with the rest of the, the positions that they target in the draft. So why not just say, you know what, I don't need a first-round pick this year because I'm happy to spend it on a guy that is worth a first-round draft pick in pass or team. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acreshore Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or the Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com. Before the Rams game, the Steelers had scored zero rushing touchdowns on the season. They got three in that game alone. We'll talk about running the football against this Jags defense next and how effective it can be and how effective it has to be for the Steelers to win this game. That's on the way next. You're listening to the Steelers Standard. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 